Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast. Welcome to the Alternative Data Podcast, powered by CFM. I'm Mark Fleming-Williams. In this episode, I speak to Marco Jean Aboav of Aetna Research, the provider of indices that rolls together data scouting and quantitative signals creation. In our conversation, Marco and I get to grips with Aetna Research's product and the type of investor who might be interested in it. If you have a data set that might be of interest for the podcast, please get in touch. So in this episode, I'm joined by Marco Jean Aboav of Etna Research. Uh, thank you very much for joining today, Marco. Hi, Mark. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Um, so, Marco, why don't you start by just telling me in as, as simple a way as you can, what, what is Etna Research? Sure. Um, Etna Research is a direct indexing platform. So in a nutshell, what we do is that we do the data scouting, we do the modeling side, and we offer basically a plug and play um, solution for, for, for the clients. Okay. What kind of client? Uh, we currently have uh, predominantly hedge funds, but uh, our solution can be applied to any type of um, active uh, type of investors. So it could be long only could be corporate treasury on the edging side it could be banks insurance so it's pretty broad fantastic okay um okay brilliant and um you are based between uh, london milan and, and the south of italy i uh, i understand um tell me marco how did etna research come about where does the where does how did it um tell me that tell me the story sure um well actually etna was born out of my uh personal frustration uh, when I was uh, managing money um, in, in the past and also my business partner has been exposed to this kind of problems pretty much throughout our uh, entire career. So, you know, the, the, the problem when you deal with, uh, with data, you know, with investment teams, analytics, has always been about, you know, how to put together these three elements uh, and make it uh, as lean as possible. Uh, as profitable as possible, uh, but unfortunately, the industry before uh, was always about you know coming up with, uh, with new data, new tools. So there is kind of an ocean of um, of data and tools. But over the last, I would say, uh, three to four years, we have seen a very kind, a kind of a synthesis moment in the market um, because you know. Clients don't want to, you know, spend anymore the same amount of money they're spending before, and they want to have something which is plug and play. So in the end, it was like, okay, you know, I've been on the on the trenches, you know, I've been managing money, I've been on the sales side as well, so I understand both uh, both ways. Um, and uh, and so it was like, okay, can we actually find kind of a solution to to this kind of frustration <laughs> that people, you know, from from you know. Uh, from funds, from from wealth managers, see on a daily basis, and that was kind of the the magic moment uh, for for us. To start. Marco, how how did your relationship with data start? So uh, basically, you know, in in my career, um, 
I've been using pretty much everything uh, from structured data and structured data, text, satellites, sensors, you know, things like that. So there's been, I would say, 10 years that, you know, I've been using a little bit of everything and I know pros and cons of, you know, different providers. And, and, and so it was kind of a, a moment where, you know, we, there is everything out there hmm. and nobody's really trying to, to do the synthesis of, of, of this for clients. Have you been more, have you been more of a um, macro portfolio manager? Has it been, um, has that been your, has that, was that your area of focus? Yes, uh, I mean you're right. I mean, obviously, you have to start from 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 somewhere in terms of asset class coverage. Uh, we, as a background, um, myself and my and my business partner has always been on the on the macro side. Although, I also work for a um, a multipod uh, equity shop uh, in the past, so I I, I got exposed to uh, the single stock side as well. But I would say that our definitely our background is much more on the macro side. In fact. What we do today uh, is focusing on macro, uh, including cryptos, that uh, is becoming more and more a macro asset class these days. What kind of data in your in your kind of macro portfolio manager days? What kind of data did you find to be most powerful, useful? Was there was there a was there a type of data that you always returned to as your bread and butter? Uh, I would say that um, you cannot forget um, structured data. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely the foundational point. Uh, so everything, obviously, that is related to prices is, is fundamental uh, for any type of uh, uh, any type of team. But obviously, over the years, uh, we definitely uh, seen you know alpha or anything that is kind of uh, useful uh, coming, especially from uh, I would say the text uh, side of the world. And obviously, because it's more related to, I would say, the short term. Uh, but do you mean do you mean, well. do you mean sentiment type? Uh, it, it could be it could be sentiment, but it could be as well things that you cannot capture easily from structured data. So sometimes, you know, even having the knowledge of certain information, better or or or, or good, you know, it doesn't matter. But also having kind of a information about you know when this kind of news are coming out. Uh, is, is, is definitely relevant for uh, any type of application in macro, but also obviously in the in the single stock side. So getting some kind of inside understanding of, of, of a new event, perhaps. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, we, we have seen, you know, yesterday with the Fed uh, and, you know, events like this, obviously there is always the, 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 relevant information about, you know, if it's going to be okish, dovish, but actually it's important as well to have in your data sets as well, things related to, you know, when things happen, uh, you know, sometimes you cannot capture these things in the, uh, uh, in the structure side. Um, obviously you, you, you capture them, but maybe with a delay and, you know, lead like relationship, you want to understand this kind of thing. So having the, especially again, if your focus is kind of, you know, could be a few days, could be a few weeks, something like this, that, you know, the tax side becomes uh, quite relevant, absolutely. But on the other end as well, the, if you move your horizon further, um, many other, you know, data sets are relevant. So we obviously, we started, I mean, it's a, it's a new, it's a kind of recent business. So we obviously focus on 
you know, where we are coming from, which is much more the shorthand of, uh, of the story. Uh, but uh, I would say that obviously the tax side is massive relevant if you are a short-term focus. Okay. Um, okay. So you you start you founded co-founded Etna Research in November 2020, and you describe yourself as a direct indent direct indexing technology and research platform for embedded finance. Could you unpack that phrase a little bit? Sure. I mean, this is a little bit of a I would say a broader trend that we have seen in the in the industry about the concept that um, customization is becoming key. Uh, and the customization is not just with institutional client, but also asset owners. So we are basically empowering whoever is the client uh, to customize as, as much as he wants or she wants uh, in, within their infrastructure. So that's why we call it more an embedded play where we can embed uh, indices that are basically a synthesis of what you see in the world. So it could be data and analytics and tools in one single platform, obviously. And you can have application again, you know, obviously now we work with a lot of um, hedge funds, but, you know, we have conversation as well with fintech providers. So this is kind of a, an embedded um, solution because, you know, your, your, your end client could be any B2B type of clients actually in the financial services. Okay. Um, and so, and you described that you are a data sourcing uh, company as well. So, so describe how, so a client, so the problem, describe the problem the client has, and then just describe how they come to you and, and, and how that works, how, what, what you do for them. So sure. Um, typically what we, um, the way we start the conversation is about you know, the frustration again that, uh, you know, head of research, uh, portfolio, senior portfolio manager, CIO have regarding, you know, data scouting, data acquisition, how to ingest data, how to make it work. What do you, uh, what do you, what do you find is their common, you know, their, their most common complaint around that? Um, the, the issue they see, you know, is, is time and money, really. Uh, mm. Time because... You want that solution now, and you know that you're going to have a delay of 12, you know, sometimes even two years um, to put things together. And, and I'm not talking about fundamental shops. I'm talking about even quantitative shops sometimes. Mm. Um, and uh, so the, the first element is, you know, definitely time. But How why? it's going to take to put together. I mean, because it, it's hard to sometimes uh, to, to move people. Uh, among shops um, so the, the internal data, the internal politics of it a little bit of course of course mm -hmm. yes and the second element uh, is also the kind of um, uh, the, the cost side but uh, from a more incentive perspective because most of the time you know when you I got pitched you know from, from data vendors throughout my entire career and you know they, there is always this wrong aspect about, you know, after a day more, you know, that's the cost and that's it. And actually, if you are on the other side, you actually want to get, you know, the, 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 the real solution. You don't want to spend time discovering things that, you know, don't work after six months. Mm. You want to get a very good feeling about, you know, how to use these things quickly. And, um, and so that, that was kind of missing when I was a fund manager before. And that's exactly what I, what I see in our conversation that people 
love what we do because they say, hey, it's kind of a, almost a free option. If you sold me the, the, the data, you know, the data headache, the infrastructure headache, which is not a minor aspect as well, the infrastructure, infrastructure side, um, they, it's kind of, again, considered a kind of almost a free option for them. Um, and the, 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 the other side of the coin is the fact that you get very close to the, at the top of the food chain with clients. So they, they, you create very, very strong relationship because they, once we get in, we see that, you know, they want more, not so, just, you know, one thing, but it could, it could grow massively internally. So the pain point is a, a hedge fund of some of some sort is um, knows they want data, knows there's useful data out there, but they're aware that by embarking on the process, they're thinking it could be a year or two years before I get it in the door because of managing to get everything in line to get sign off to pay for it to, to well I mean to start off you've got to test it um, you've got to evaluate whether you whether it does have value or not um, which would be a different process depending what what type of fund you are um, and then you want to be I mean you also um, and then you need to be going through a negotiation on price and then you need to get the sign off on price and you need to get it through compliance and you need to you know and then you need to have the logistics of getting it uh, over the threshold and getting it through the door and, and, um, and making sure that, you know, you can use it reliably. Um, so there's an awful lot of, 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 of headaches. Um, so then you come in and you say, I can solve a section or all of this. How do you, how do you solve this? Obviously what clients don't see is a massive, uh, amount of work that we do in the background which means, you know, uh, data scouting is really about assessing not just, you know, the, the, the quality, you know, the usual due diligence you do on data, but as well, how much, I would say, how much money could you extract from that? This is kind of a, a, a very simple question, with, but the, the answer is pretty, it's pretty hard. Uh, and so we have all a bunch of different things that we do internally to assess, you know, Potential, you know, what, what, what can you get out of this? Uh, and not, and, and here, uh, what I mean is, it's not just, you know, uh, so you have the data, so, you know, you can, uh, you can have a kind of a proxy of, 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 you know, the alpha out, out there, but actually it's more about, you know, okay, if I mix this, you know, this data set with another data set and applying a very specific scientific process to it, what is actually the true, um, the true alpha, you know, what is actually exploitable. Um, so we are very, very transparent on this with clients and because they always say, hey, I have a need, but actually, you know, what's your goal out of here? You are a small shop, a big shop. You want to be, uh, you know, very, you know, very high risk adjusted from a risk adjusted perspective, you know, uh, very nimble, but very high risk adjusted performance. You know, we, we ask all these questions to understand what is the right thing to to plug instead of a generic um, a generic solution? Because they, so it's, you, at the end of the day, they decide. I mean, we don't decide anything. They decide the universe. That, but you're the, giving the your that they're, they're out there, kind of thinking we need data, but there's so much out there. And what you're so from your perspective, you have ingested data into into your into your systems. And you've tested it for alpha, um, and uh, I, I, and so then when they come and say, "Look, what do we need?" Then you can say, "Well, I know this has got value because we've already found it ourselves." And so you've kind of 
um, you've 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 taken them half the process already. Um, are they buying the data from you, or are they buying the data from the original source? They buy. I mean, we don't resell data just to be uh, precise on this, but actually, we basically create these kind of indices uh, for them. Now, the the point is here is that if you try to sell an off the shelf solution, it never works. Uh, there is always a, a, not a massive customization, but the client is very rigid on, you know, what, you know, the asset classes I'm looking at, what kind of uh, information exploitation you, you want to, to get is kind of a, for tomorrow, for next week, for next hours. Uh, so they define, they are very rigid on the constraint side. And that's where, you know, our customization platform allows them to exactly match what they're looking for instead of having a generic, um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, mix of data analytics solution uh, that, you know, obviously it's, uh, it's more widespread in the market. So what they're receiving from you is, um, so not the data. So what are they receiving from you? So they receive basically what we call these ind- indices, uh, these okay. indices are, uh, I would say, a summarization of everything that you need for that, that constraints that you define as a client, and they receive in a streaming fashion. So what it means is, obviously, if, you're, if your goal is to get something for, let's say, I don't know, next day, obviously, it's kind of a, an update on a daily basis, but uh, we have lots of clients that are also interested in the intraday side. So they want to have things that can be updated, you know, in the Asian session, in the European session, in the US session. So it's very broad, uh, but we can basically stream any type of frequency um, for for the client. So it really depends again on on the client's need. We we don't decide that; they decide that. So you've ingested you've ingested the data and you've um, you've turned it into indices essentially, or you've you've extracted the insights from it and turned it into indices, and uh, according to the spec provided to you by the client, and then you're sending these indices based on the data which the client has paid for. Is that right? Yes, I would say you know if you want we want to find a comparison to something which is much more um, uh, well known in the industry is something that you know initially you know we we had that uh, alpha capture concept right so you do kind of a crowding or you know you have certain people that are contributing to certain programs in a way uh, at least for hedge funds obviously it depends on the application but at least for hedge funds this is can considered kind of a alpha capture on steroids because suddenly you have something which is um, kind of unique or exclusive. So they can really extrapolate and exploit um, in the way they want. They know that there is not an information leakage, you know, across, across clients. So it's very unusual, I would say, uh, when um, when they get the service from us. Would you would would could would you be comfortable using the word signals instead of indices? The issue with when you people talk about signals, and sometimes we got this question, um, is the fact that you know typically with signals, you know, you you come up with something. And you try to sell, you know, your license to as many clients as possible. Now, this is obviously not customized at all and has no, um, I would say, um, capacity feeling for the client because 
they typically, you know, even when I was a fund manager, I got bombarded by, you know, signal providers and they say, hey, how much can I make out of this? And nobody could answer the question because they don't know. So we try to be very, very close to, as well, the trading analytics side uh, to make sure that clients can really exploit what we send um, versus, you know, having a generic solution that I always, you know, my, 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 my background, I always learned that, you know, if 10 people get the same news or the same, uh, uh, you know, uh, information is noise. So this is exactly what we want to avoid in our business. Um, so the reason why, uh, so the, I'm sure you've heard this before, the question, why don't you do it? Why don't you, um, trade it yourself? If you're, if you've, if you've come up with, um, basically the a solution here, which, which will make money, um, why not, why not just make the money yourself? So I, I give you a little bit of, of, of also my personal experience here, uh, uh, raising money for my fund and, you know, understanding also the distribution logic, um, the, the issue we, we face and, you know, it's, it's, it's already happened in the, in, the, in the beta side, but it's happening as well in the active side is the fact that, you know, the, the, the big clients become bigger, that the big institution become bigger, become institutionalized. And the fact that, you know, you want to launch your fund and so on is it's a very difficult environment. So for us was from the beginning was about, okay, can we offer uh, you know, can we have the same insights of, 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 you know, an investment manager in a way, but just to, to become basically a technology provider for the big guys. Now, the big guys, obviously, I'm not talking only about the usual suspect in the US, but, you know, there is a very broad um, universe of clients in the asset management and wealth management space, but it's not just limited to that. So that's why we like this space, because you can actually do the same service as wealth corporate treasuries, which is another massive, massive market or fintech or insurance businesses. So it's something that as a fund manager, you don't have access to. So we think that this is a, a, a smarter move, I would say. But again, we are trying, we have the experience, we have been in the business for, for, for a long time. And we think that, you know, we can definitely help, uh, uh, you know, clients on, on this journey. Just coming back to the, because you use the phrase data sourcing. So just to fully understand the the flow, a client um, comes to you and says, look, I'm interested in, in what you have to offer. You then say, um, okay, well, there are these data sets on the market, which I know contain value. Um, and you've told me exactly what you want. So if you buy this data and then give it to us, then we will turn it into signals that we can then put through to you on a daily basis. And then you can trade off it. Um, is that is that is that how it works? Is that is that pretty much it? Uh, f for them, I, I, I at the beginning I thought that was the process, uh, <laughs> and then I discovered that, uh, and then I discovered that actually uh, the typical aspect that they want to understand uh, is really how this um, uh, you know the, the, the sources you know is pretty transparent. Obviously, we don't give the. the Use of the secret source, but you know that is definitely transparent from on the sources. But it's more about you know having something that they understand from a portfolio management perspective, because for them you know it's all about okay you know th these things you know you see this kind of predict more predictability in this asset versus the other, and you know uh, they need to to really understand that. But they define the the universe in a way. So we. It's really a pool approach than a, 
push approach here, uh, but they don't really care. I mean, if you use, you know, source A or B, is, is for them, I, at least what I feel is that this is, is a bit irrelevant. Obviously, you know, if um, they want to know exactly what are the sources, but it's really about the, uh, the combination of data and, and, and models that uh, I would say makes the magic here. It's not just the sources, because the sources, everyone could have access to that. Um, but it's really, and then, of course, the infrastructure side. So making sure that everything, you know, is smooth and, you know, they, they get it right. And and then, so it's a bit, again, counterintuitive that a hedge fund, a fund hedge fund could buy what we do. But uh, we discovered that actually it's the opposite. So actually they are the best type of clients to start with. Because you're just basically taking some of the pain away of them having to, um, you're 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 doing a lot of the the kind of the 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 work which causes which which takes a lot of time internally, um, and you're just allowing them to start from a from further along in the process, and then they can they can um, they can add their secret sauce on the top and and just be doing what they want to do. Yes, I mean one one aspect that sometimes you know we get. Um... We got some pushback at the beginning because we were talking to the wrong um, to the wrong people in a way. But we not who were you talking that, to? Uh, well, typically, you know, if you talk to the at the top of the food chain, they get it. Uh, if you start with you know uh, kind of a technology teams and so on, that's the, I think for us is the wrong type of um, start. Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of, I wouldn't say, but it's kind of PM to PM conversation. So our clients are very, I mean, very sophisticated. They, 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 we talk to the, typically to the PM, so the, to the head of research or CIO. And it's a very, you know, uh, advanced conversation. I mean, it's kind of a PM to PM conversation because the, mm. it's quite technical um, in, in, in what they're looking for and how they see the market and so on. So if you start from a, pure data buyer perspective, um, at least for us, um, I'm not sure. I mean, it never works so far. It always works on the other way around. Uh, and, and that's why, you know, we, uh, it's easier because again, it's, uh, we talk the same lingo. We, we, we understand, you know, we talk the same language. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, the other aspect that, you know, again, is counterintuitive at the beginning, but then you realize that has a lot of value is the fact that let's assume that you want to try to do it internally. And then, you know, you have people, you know, uh, I don't know, people poached by other firms and so on. So suddenly your things that you build internally for a long time and, you know, a different order of magnitude in terms of cost um, is going, it's kind of going away, right? So when, you know, you move a, a junior PM or a senior researcher, there is always this poaching risk in the, in the, in the trenches, right? Um, for them, it's like, okay, you know, I, I'm aware of this risk at some point. Um, so for me, you know, if I can get something which is kind of similar in a way, uh, from, from you guys, from us, um, I give it a try. I give it a try. Uh, again, it's almost a free option. As you know, in finance, people love almost free option trades, let's say. How do you prove the value? But before the conversation, do you just prove it by talking the talk or can you show, um, rather than tell? Um, and, 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 and do you find that your most effective form of, of, of repeat business is through word of mouth? Um, uh, even, even, uh, and, and, uh, I'd, I'd invite you to, um, 
how would you sell to someone listening to this podcast to say that you are what they need? So typically, uh, as you can, I guess you're fully aware, you know, there is a lot of reluctancy in the, uh, in the businesses to have some kind of a, uh, a solution that solves different problems. Um, the, obviously, we, we are former insiders, so we obviously we are good contacts with pretty much all the street. Uh, in US and in, in Europe, uh, it's our initial focus, but even in Asia, we, we, we have great contacts. That, that's obviously the, 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 initial, uh, the initial side. And of, of course, word of mouth, because then, uh, you know, if things, you know, go well and then and, and people talk, and so we, we haven't um, had any issue, to be honest, finding clients, obviously, it's still, still early stage. So, you know, we're going to struggle mm-hmm. at some point. It's, it's normal. But uh, is much easier if you are a former insiders because mm. if you try to do what we do, you know, and before I don't know, you were from Google and say, hey, you know, I was in Google and so, and then suddenly, you know, the 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 the, the, the doors are open for this. It doesn't work that way. At least that's my feeling about it. Mm. Um, because I hear the struggle of you know, data providers, analytics companies trying to approach kind of the same clients. You need to talk the same. You need to be an inca- a former incumbent, I guess. For me, mm-hmm. for, for, that's my feeling when I when I talk to them, and uh, and so for us again, not you know all the potential clients can be clients because some people you know I had just a conversation yesterday and they would say, hey, I like what you do, but that's not our policy, mm. right? Um, the thing is, I heard that. Uh, with clients that they said that at the beginning and then we got onboarded because again the the appetite to try uh is there um and uh and, and again because I, I i we were you know ourselves you know portfolio manager fund manager before we know how tough is the market right so if you can find something which is solving your problem you want to get it as soon as possible and I mean, mm. like solving the real problem, not just having another tools or another data set. And so for us, obviously, you know, it's not that we talk to the clients that we get on board straight away. You know, there is always a delay and, you know, a, a, a testing side. And of course, you know, we need to understand exactly what they want. Um, but um, I would say that is not quite different from the cycle that you have when you sell a data solution. It's never like, you know, one call and that's it. There is always a bit of a, of a cycle there. So it's, I would say it's similar um, and, uh, and that's fine. I mean, it's uh, absolutely fine. Uh, but at the same time, you know, the fact that they can accelerate once we get in, because we, it's not just selling us, you know, a license, data license, but you can actually grow internally. So we had many conversation of, you know, we started with A and then they say, hey, I want to have B, C, D and E uh, soon. So now we are in this kind of growth stage where, <laughs> You know, we need to hire and, and, and buy and data and by adding asset classes. So it's really a, an, an interesting moment because there is, a again, we, we have seen a massive appetite for this. And so how would you sell the product to somebody who, who doesn't know they need you? Uh, well, typically, um, we... Um, we, 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 we talk to, to clients, you know, even to, to leads and, you know, trying to to explain what we do. Typically, we are, we're not very pushy, to be honest, because 
but no, no but uh, friend, but I mean, right? but uh, on, on this podcast, you know, this is this is a shop window essentially for a, a passing trade. You know, it could be you don't we don't know who's listening to this podcast, so it could be anyone. So, um, uh, who could be listening? Who actually um, you are their solution, and what? And do you think you have a, you know, a killer phrase or anything which which would make them make their ears prick up? I mean, definitely, you know, all the asset, the active asset management side. Uh, so any type of clients in that area uh, could be a very interesting conversation. Uh, we think um, we, we have, you know, the, the, the vision that, you know, we can provide for each single active client something for them. Uh, it could be big or small, but I'm pretty sure we can, uh, we can deliver. Uh, and even if they're not there yet, in this journey of kind of, I would say, outsourcing, you know, the, 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 you know, some, some high level, you know, front office elements of it. Uh, the reality is that, you know, in this environment where everyone is kind of, you know, the, the, the fee pressure and so on, we definitely could help them uh, to make it uh, align uh, with their business. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, um, Marco, thank you very much for coming along today and, uh, and talking about, about Aetna Research. And uh, I wish you the best of luck with the company in the future. Thanks, Mark. I really, I really enjoyed the talk uh, today. Brilliant.